that uh, this COVID season has been uh, intense, uh, to say the least. But we're here. We made it. Uh, we're feeling a lot better. I'm doing my reading ran in the car. Hopefully by Friday, once I get a negative result, praying I get a negative uh, result, um, we can go back to our regular rhythm. And uh, um, yeah, I'm feeling a lot better, Gary. Yeah, hopefully we can get back to our regular rhythm of uh, reading and ranting on the weekdays. For those of you who are here for the first time, we read and rant every morning. We spend 20 to 30 minutes reading through scripture, and then we spend another however amount of time we're afforded just ranting and uh, allowing God to speak into uh, into us uh, what we've read in that moment. And so <clears throat> for those of you who are here for the first time and you may have missed some sessions, you're like, man, I wish I could catch this. Um, I have a, we have a Facebook group called the font everywhere. If you can just go ahead and send a request there. Um, it's a private group. We haven't fully launched it yet, but it, it is a, um, it's a group of, of just, it's a community, really. It's a community of people just coming together to pray for each other, to encourage each other. Um, and, uh, in the word, in life, sharing testimonies, sharing prayer requests. It's just, it's a, it's community there. And so, um, if you're looking to connect with a faith community, uh, looking to connect with people, um, we've got pastors, we have people from all around the world who are there engaging with us. So, so yeah, that's the read and rant. That's what we do every morning. We engage in the reading of the word. And so that's what we're going to do. And when we engage in the reading of the word, we're asking ourselves three questions. What is God saying or revealing concerning himself? What is God saying or revealing concerning people? And what is God saying or revealing concerning me? These are the three questions I want you to be asking and want you to prayerfully consider as we get into the reading of the word. With that being said, turn your Bibles to, um, and really we don't have anything planned out. This isn't a Bible study. Um, I intend on doing that, but this is more of a meditation of the scripture. Um, this isn't a Bible study per se, even though sometimes a little bit of, of teaching uh, gets incorporated into this. Um, but this is really just a time of reflection. I want to empower every Christian, every believer to read through the entire scripture. It is a powerful endeavor. It's a powerful activity. It is transformative. It is transformative. It will change your life. Just, just engaging in the word will change your life. And really that's the whole purpose of this is to empower you to read the scriptures. Um, the Holy spirit, bears witness to our spirit. The Holy Spirit uh, gives us the information that we need. And so guys, this is what we came to do. So um, with that being said, Genesis chapter 17, if you can turn there, um, I'll open up with prayer. <clears throat> I'll open up with prayer and then we'll take it from there. Father, we thank you uh, for this time, Lord, uh, this moment that you've given us to come together in your word. I just pray, Lord, that you would um, let's speak to us today. Uh, reveal to us, Lord, as we seek to discover you, who you are, your plans for your people, and Lord, your plan for us individually, Lord, as we are uh, being shaped and conformed in your image, uh, we ask, Lord, that you would allow us, Lord, to be sensitive to your spirit, Lord, as you speak today, speak to us through your word. We ask that in your name we pray, amen. Genesis chapter 17. And we will look at verse one, Genesis chapter 17, verse one. 
And it says this. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face. And God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. <laughs> no longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in your in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. And God said to Abram, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male child in your generations he who was born in your house or bought with money from any foreigner who is not your descendant, he who was born in your house and he who was bought with your money must be circumcised. My covenant shall be in your flesh for every everlasting covenant, for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. And Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old and shall Sarah who is 90 years old, bear a child. And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. <laughs> then God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him from everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget 12 princes and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant, I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear with you at this set time next year. Then he finished talking with him and God went up from Abraham. So Abraham took Ishmael, his son, all who were born in his house and all who were bought with his money, every male among men of Abraham's house and circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very same day. As God said to him, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very same day, Abraham was circumcised and his son, Ishmael. 
and all the men of his house born in the house or bought with money from a foreigner were circumcised with him. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, my Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass in as much as you have come to your servant. They said, do as you have said. So Abram hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, make three measures of meal, knead it and make cakes. And Abram ran to the herd and took a tender and good, and good calf, gave it to the young man and he hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf, which he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I've grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? saying, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. Then the men arose from there and looked towards Sodom and went with them to send them away. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham surely shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And the Lord said, Because of the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous and the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the places for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Indeed now, I am who <clears throat> I who am but dust and ashes, have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there were 50 less than the 50 righteous. Sorry, five less than the 50 righteous. Would you destroy all the city for the lack of five? 
So he said, if you find 45, I will not destroy it. And he spoke to him again and said, suppose there were 40 found there. So he said, I will not do it for the sake of 40. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. Suppose there were 30 that should be found there. So he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, indeed, now I have taken upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 should be found there. So he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. But once more, suppose 10 should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. So the Lord went away as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham and Abraham returned to his place. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and he bowed himself with the face towards the ground and he said, Here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, No, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly, so they turned into him and entered to his house and he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread and they ate. Oops. <clears throat> now, before they laid down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. So Lot went out to them and through the doorway, shut the door behind him and said, please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let them bring them out to you and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men since this is the reason they have come under the roof, under the shadow of my roof. And they said, stand back. Then they said, this one came in to stay here and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break down the door, but the men reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great. So they came weary. So they became weary trying to find the door. Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here? Son-in-law, your, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in the city, Take them out of this place, for we will destroy this place because of the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out, spoke to his sons-in-law who had married his daughters and said, get up, get out of this place for the Lord will destroy the city. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry saying, Arise, take your wife and your daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand and the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said to them, Please know, my lords, 
Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight and you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now, this city is near enough to flee to. And it is a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live there. Hmm. And he said to him, see, I have found favor. Sorry. Verse 21. And he said to him, see, I have favored you concerning this thing and that I will not overthrow the city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. From the Lord out of the heavens, and he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the city and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked behind him and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward the land of the plain. And he saw and behold, the smoke of the land, which went up like the smoke of the furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. And when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had, sorry, when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. Then Lot went up out of Zor and dwelt in the mountains. His two daughters were with him and he was afraid to dwell in Zor. And he and his daughters dwelt in a cave. Hmm. Now the firstborn said to the younger, our father is old and there's no man on the earth to come in to us as is the custom of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine and we will lie with him that we may preserve the lineage of our father. So they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. It happened on the next day that the firstborn said to the younger, indeed, I lay with my father last night. Let us make him drink wine also. And you go in and lie with him that we may preserve the lineage of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him. And he did not know when she laid down and when she arose. Thus, both daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. And the younger son, she also bore a son and called his name Benami. He is the father of the people of Ammon today. <clears throat> I'll read one more chapter and we'll call it. Abraham journeyed from there to the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gerar. Now, Abraham said of, his, of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister, he did it again. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech did, had not come near her, and he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? 
Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And she, even she herself said, he is my brother in the integrity of my heart and innocent of innocence of my hands. I have done this. And God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. For I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet and he will pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. So Abimelech rose early in the morning, called all his servants and told all these things in their hearing. And the men were very much afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, what have you done to us? How have I offended you that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, why did you have, sorry, what did you have in view that you have done this thing? And Abraham said, because I thought surely the fear of God is not, is not in this place and they will kill me on account of my wife. But indeed, she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And it came to pass, <clears throat> and it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said to her, this is your kindness that you should do for me in every place, wherever we go, say of me, he is my brother. Then Abimelech took sheep, oxen, and male and female servants and gave them to Abraham, and she restored Sarah, his wife, to him. And he restored Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, see my land is before you dwell where it pleases you and sarah sorry verse 16 then to sarah he said behold i have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver indeed this vindicates you before all who are with you and before everybody thus she was rebuked so abraham prayed to god and god healed abimelech his wife and his female servants then they bore children for the Lord had closed up the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Ha! <clears throat> oh, snap. I hope this is working now. Um, today, we, we have... Um, are you, are you guys able to see me? Are you guys able to, okay, good. Awesome. Sorry about that. Um, I just finished reading Genesis chapter 20. As you guys know, I have a class to teach. Um, so I have about, about 20 or 30 minutes just to hang with you guys and, uh, to rant, to rant, um, oh, wow. You missed the whole chapter. That's crazy. Oh, wow. Missed the whole chapter of Genesis 20. Interesting. Um, I'm going to be sure to post this, by the way. I'm going to post this live on Facebook because my other phone just decided to give up on me today. Um, so. <clears throat> all right. So we're, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll redo chapter 20. So we'll, we'll reread um, chapter 20. Um, but I will post this on on our Facebook group. Uh, this live on our Facebook group once we're done 
um, because obviously I've lost the the phone. Um, if you guys ever miss a read and rant and you want to stay on track, um, I want to encourage you to go to the font everywhere on Facebook. It's a Facebook group. Um, I archive our read and rants there. And at the same time, I, um, uh, I've, it's really a platform for people to be community, to connect, connect with each other and to pray for each other and to encourage each other. So I want to encourage you to go on there. Um, I have one, one announcement to make, um, before I just share a few thoughts and the announcement that I want to make is that, um, the week after Easter, I'm really, really excited about this. We have uh, a course called Alpha. And really what Alpha is for is for the, the new believer, the doubter, the atheist, the agnostic. Um, it's a place where you can have questions. It's a place where uh, the, 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 the important questions of life and faith, um, these questions can we can we can rumble through them together. It's not a place where we're here to give you the answers. It's a place where we get to just talk through the things that you're wrestling through as it pertains to faith and purpose and life and meaning. Um, and so it's a really cool course that I've been a part of. And I am really, really excited that we're going to be uh, taking off on that course uh on, on April the 11th. So I want to invite you. I want to invite you to join me. Um, th they're different groups and it's a, it's an 11 week journey that we do every week. We're just going to go on zoom and we're going to connect, uh, intimately and just have conversations. Uh, so if you are, if you, if you have any, like any space for that, it's going to be on Sundays at 1 PM. It's going to be on Sundays at 1 PM. And on Wednesdays at 8 p.m., I want to encourage you to sign up and to join. I would love for you guys to be part of, of my group. Um, I want to invite a few of you guys. I think I can. I think it's 12 people per group. So we're hoping to have about eight or nine groups on that Zoom meeting together um, on that Zoom meeting, meeting together just to to have conversation, to have conversation, to uh, to talk about life's biggest questions. Um, and so. I want to encourage you. I want to invite you. Let me type it in real quick. So it's called Alpha. Uh, I'm going to send you the link. Here it is. Beautiful. It's tftv.co and then uh, slash try alpha. And then the other one is going to be tftv.co slash join alpha. Um, try either one of those. Uh, boom. I just put it in there real quick. And let me go ahead and. Uh, boom. Yes, Abraham and Sarah were half brother and half sister. Uh, join that was actually a fairly normal thing back then. Um, obviously that's not normal today. Um, boom. Um, so yeah, try alpha and, and join alpha. Um, these are, these are, uh, uh, those are the two links. I want to encourage you guys to sign up and I think you can put a note there. Just put a note that, um, I, you know, I was invited, um, um, by pastor Isaac and, and you guys can be part of my group. I want to, I want to invite, my TikTok family to come 
and to, I, I want a group from TikTok. Um, I want to invite a group from TikTok to do Alpha with me. And we would, we're just going to hang for 11 weeks every Sunday at 1 p.m. We just come together and we we watch a talk. So it's going to be, you know, a, a time of just getting connected, getting to know each other. And then um, it'll be a talk that I share with you guys. And then after the talk, it's like a 10, 15 minute, sometimes 18 minutes, something like that talk. And then it'll be discussion. And the discussion is just us sitting down and we're just we're just talking through. Um, it's really less about me teaching, but more about me hearing from you and hearing what you have to say. And I want you to know it is OK in Alpha. It is OK to ask the hard questions. It's OK to ask the questions that people just don't ask. It's OK for you to believe whatever you want to believe. You can say you don't believe in God, and that's perfectly fine. Um, this is a place where we get to wrestle and rumble through these questions and and really it's just it's just a safe place that's it it's just a safe place to have those discussions um did you try tftv.co slash try alpha or tftv.co slash join alpha um I'll, I'll double check it while we're here um hopefully let me see here um i can i can double check afterwards uh to make sure if anything, I'll put the I'll post the link as well. Um, but what we're hoping for is this alpha. I mean, we we're we're hoping to have about eight or nine groups of of twelve who will join us for that. Uh, yeah, eight or nine groups of twelve, and um, and hopefully, you know, I get a I get a good twelve of you guys <clears throat> to join me. Um, and yes, I will post it in the font group as well. So I'll, I'll post it in the font everywhere, and it starts. It starts on April the 11th. So just mark your calendars. April the 11th is the Sunday group. And we're also going to have a Wednesday group as well. Um, and I, I just, I, I'd love for you guys to join me, especially those who, they don't know where they're at with their faith. You don't know where you're at. Um, you either don't believe that God exists. You may believe that God exists, but you're not entirely sure where, where you are with that. Um, you may believe in Jesus. You may not believe in Jesus. Um, thank you, Mark. Uh, please post it. <clears throat> Mark's going to post it there. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I'll answer one question. I'll answer one, one or two questions. And then after that, I just want to share some thoughts. Um, do I think the vaccine is the mark of the beast? Um, that's a good question. That's a good question, because I think a lot of people are afraid of the mark Um the mark of the beast. I I want to encourage you to go back and to look at our revelation study, Sandy, um, on our Facebook group. We did a whole, I think we did like two or three days of revelation, just reading through revelation. We did about two or three days of that. And um, I explained what the mark of the beast was. Uh, the mark of the beast is not a tattoo with 666 on it. It's not, um, it's not the mark that a lot of people have attributed, uh, to or barcode or um, the mark of the beast is essentially I'll give you the cliff note version of it. The mark of the of the beast is a belief system in the beast. Six 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 was actually the name of Nero um, in, in the book of Revelation, and so six 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 is actually a person's name. Six 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 was not um, you know numbers that are tattooed on your body or put on your hand or on your head. 
um, hand in head, it was symbolic. It was symbolic to uh, to your mind and your action. Okay, mind and action. And so uh, having the mark of the beast means that you have submitted to the satanic system, demonic system of greed and power and money uh, in your mind and in your hand, in your work and everything you do. So you cannot accidentally get the mark of the beast. That cannot happen. And the mark of the beast is not a tattoo. It's not just one mark that you, it's, it's a lifestyle. That's what the mark of the beast is. And so hopefully that, that helps. That was a cliff note version, but go back and, 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 uh, and check out that revelation study because revelations is, uh, um, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's one of the most misinterpreted scriptures, uh, in the Bible. Um, and so, um, people read revelation and they think it's the code of the end times. No, it's not a code of the end times. Revelation is a code of that time. The revel everything that was talked about in revelation actually happened. Okay. Except for chapter 21, but all the stuff you read throughout the book of revelation actually happened in that time when it was written. Um, it was a prophecy of what would happen and it did happen. And so now we are seeing that. And so when you understand that, then you understand the purpose of the book of revelation. That's why it's called the revelation of Jesus Christ. It wasn't a book about the end times. It was about the revelation of Jesus Christ in the time of the suffering of the church in that era, when the church was under the oppression of Nero. Okay. Um, and so the, the Facebook group is the font everywhere. The font everywhere. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, so revelation is misinterpreted, misappropriated. Um, the vaccine is not the mark of the beast. Okay. It is not the mark of the beast. And yes, you have to actually renounce your faith in Jesus to take on the mark of the beast. You have to choose greed, power, envy, and all these things over faith in Jesus Christ. Um, I haven't yet to have heard somebody who gave up all those things in order to, uh, get the vaccine. So no, um, Anybody who teaches that is is just uh, provoking fear. Uh, they're fear mongering and don't don't fall into that. Um, if anything, one of my biggest concerns about uh, this this the last year with the coronavirus is is there is a deception. Um, I, I I know it, this makes people uncomfortable when I say it, but there is a deception. Uh, there is a deception with the coronavirus. There is a deception with COVID nineteen. Is COVID-19 real? Absolutely. Okay. No, don't, don't get it twisted. The COVID-19 is real. <laughs> Obviously I'm, I'm recovering from it right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm recovering from it right now. So if I told you it didn't exist, then I would, I would be lying to you. However, however, um, the deception of COVID-19 is that it has been used and it has been, it, there's a lot of theory on that, Daniel, but I will say this, it is weaponized. Even now, it is weaponized fear. Um, I've always talked about this, that the enemy's agenda is to evoke fear because when people are afraid, they do whatever you tell them to do. And so there is a, there, there are powers at bay. Um, we, this past year has been a year of incredible anxiety, fear. Um, it is a time of, uh, suicide rates have gone up. People are more anxious. People are more fearful. Economies have been brought to their knees as a result of the coronavirus. 
And what people don't understand is, is that there is an agenda behind it. There is an agenda. I don't want to speak into these in, in, in incredible detail because that can get people confused. Um, does this mean we don't take precautions? Absolutely, we take precautions. Absolutely, we should wear masks. Absolutely, we should follow CDC guidelines. Absolutely, people have died as a result of this. Um, um, I just had it. I know how difficult it is. I'm getting out of it, and hopefully on Friday I get a negative result. But understand this, that there's still an agenda behind it. These are times of opportunity that people that power can weaponize in order to manipulate people and get them to do whatever they want to do. The moment that you see that there's collective fear, know that power is at play. Because fear is not, it's not of God. Okay, fear is not of God. Um, and so that's my concern as a minister of the gospel, as a community leader, as a person who uh, influences, I, I, I want to be sure, especially with believers. I'm so sorry for you, J-Dog. Absolutely sorry for you. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, and I'm praying for comfort for you, brother. Um, it is absolutely real. See, so J-Dog J, J is telling you straight up, it is real. But understand that these things have been weaponized. They have been weaponized. They have been used to manipulate. They have been used to... Uh, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, they've been used to manipulate. They've been used to uh, propagate agendas. Some of the greatest, the greatest transfer of wealth in the last 10 years happened, happened in the last 12 months. The greatest transfer of wealth in the last 10 years happened in the last 12 months. Why? Because again, we permit these things to happen as a result of fear. Okay. As a result of fear. Um, the same thing happened with 9-11. Um, was it real? Absolutely real. Did people die? Absolutely. And my heart goes out to the family. We've had family members who have been lost uh, as a result of the coronavirus as well. Um, we have people who we know. Uh, I have people that I've been close to who I know who are close to me who lost family members as a result of coronavirus. It's real. It is absolutely, it is absolutely real. Um, I've been to three funerals now as a result of it. Um, and yet even then, I want, I want you to understand that this is not to dismiss the reality of it. It's to, it's to come against the, in, the, the influence that it brings on our culture and on our society to further uh, propagate fear and to uh, manipulate us. Anyway, that's a side note. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that that, that, that came up. Um, and I think we should spend some time just praying for comfort for those who have been lost because people have been lost as a result of it. And now that I've experienced it as well, I know the kind of pain it brings. Um, I, I know the kind of difficulty it brings. So I'm, I'm completely, I'm completely aware of that. And I'm sorry to hear that for those who have been um, um, lost. Oh, you're recovering also. Yeah. So uh, my wife is recovering inside. She's finally like becoming herself <laughs> as a result of this. But I cannot understand the difficulty that it brings. Okay, guys, I have about five to 10 minutes here because I have to go and teach my class. My first time back, I'm going to be teaching remotely. Um, but yeah, I want to encourage you guys, man. I would love to join a group of you guys. I would like, Hey Mark, I would like my TikTok fam. The first like 12 to 15 people who sign up and put my name there, put them in my group. I would love to connect with my people and just journey with them. 
um, through Alpha because especially for those who are doubting, especially for those whose faith are, are wavered, especially for those who don't believe, especially for those who think, uh, yes, Sherry, I am still a professor. Uh, okay. So, well, if you are at church at 1 PM, that's okay. Um, also invite your friends too. In invite your agnostic friend, your atheist friend, invite, uh, invite all of them, invite all of them. But we also have it on Wednesday nights at 8 PM. So it'll be on, uh, Sunday afternoons at 1 PM and on Wednesday nights at 8 PM. Okay. Um, so, so I want to encourage you guys to, to join us there. Um, so much to share here. Um, in chapter 17, verse four, he says, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham for you. For I have made you a father of many nations. I am today. If I leave with anything, I leave with the confidence of knowing that God's promises are yes and amen. His word never returns to him void. Never returns to him void. His promises are yes and amen. They're yes and amen. What do I mean by that? God does not rescind on his promise. Promises are delayed, but they're never rescinded. In the scriptures, the scriptures tell us that he puts his word above himself. His word above himself. That is by virtue of God's character. Listen to me, fam. By virtue of God's character, God will prohibit himself from doing something because he put his word out before himself. God's promises are yes and amen. <laughs> you know, people say that God is all powerful. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He is all those things. When, when we understand the omnipotence of God, the omnipresence of God, the omniscience of God, all these qualities of God are all true. They speak to God's capacity. When we talk about his sovereignty and his omnipotence, that God rules over all things and God is all powerful. We're talking about God's capacity, not God's activity. Pay attention, family. We're talking about God's capacity, but not God's activity. You see, God you see, God 
who is all powerful, who is all knowing, who is omnipotent, who is omniscient, can choose to limit what he does based off of what he says. It's not that God cannot do it. It's that God chooses not to do it because he places his word above himself. It's it's the nature and the quality of who he is. So when God gives a promise to Abraham, Abraham cannot rescind the promise. He may delay it, but he cannot rescind the promise because God's promise to him will not return void. God promised to Abraham a posterity, nation. He promised him this land of Canaan. He did that. And yet Abram, Abraham, or Abram at the time, decided to keep it to himself, to, to run things on his own, to follow his own agenda, his own way, what he wants to do. He Ishmael was works. Let me say that again. Ishmael was works. Isaac is faith. <laughs> Ishmael was works. Isaac is faith. <laughs> ah, I hope somebody's catching what I'm saying here. Ishmael was works. Isaac was faith. And yet God's promise was a promise of faith, not of works. And so even though Abraham took it upon himself with Ishmael, God still had a promise over his life. God still had a promise over his life. And we see this promise coming to fruition in Genesis chapter 17. That God was still at work, even though Abraham messed it up. My fam, this is my word for you today. No matter what you have done, God's promise for you is yes and amen. It's yes and amen. His promise will not return to you void. If you would just believe on the Lord in this moment, believe on the Lord for his calling over your life, believe on the Lord for his ministry through you. Believe on the Lord for what he's called you to do. It will come to fruition. His word does not return to him void. God bless you all.